Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor Mead Metal Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. What are we doing today, James? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. All I know is I'm sitting here enjoying a Mad Elf beer because it's cold as fuck still. That's <laughs> February night. Shoveled off the driveway and I'm not even done yet. So I'm warming up with a beauty of a 10 percenter. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a tank of a beer. Oh, tank. Nice. Nice. Hey, speaking of tank. <laughs> Ooh, did that tie in somehow? Gracious. That, that did. <laughs> okay, so here's a little tune called Tank. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Oh, wait, that's, yeah, that's not how that goes. That's not where that goes. You got a shoehorn or something, baby? I don't know. I don't know if any of our listeners would recognize that. Um, I do. I do. Ooh, ooh. It's from the show, right? It's from yes. the cool show. It's like yes. a jazzy, bluesy, cool bounty hunter show. Yeah. But, but not the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> no. <laughs> arguably even better as i duck I, out of the way of all star wars fans throwing shit at me <laughs> no i um i may have to agree with you there as much as i like both of those other two shows <laughs> yeah that is tank the uh, theme song from the uh, japanese anime series cowboy bebop if you don't know what anime is it's basically the japanese word for animation so it's a, a cartoon and uh, unlike in the U.S., animation in Japan tends to be geared towards different age groups. Shows will be included in primetime television lineups. Uh, I'm, you know, I mean, we do have that here with, you know, it's like Family Guy and Simpsons. Is, Simpsons, yeah. I don't, is American Dad still on? Yeah, yeah, American Dad's still on. Okay. The best one of all is not Futurama, Bastards. Oh yeah, yeah. See that was yeah that was a primetime one too. And and you know, a, a little aside, back in the '60s, the Flintstones and I think the Jetsons both were on in prime time here in the u.s that sounds right yeah but we're not talking about either of those we're talking about cowboy bebop yeah <laughs> um we, we've talked about this before an issue that we have here in the u.s is that people automatically think automatically i think <laughs> you can try <laughs> yeah <laughs> People have this tendency here in the U.S. to think that if it's a cartoon, it's got to be for kids, and that's not true. And, and Bebop is a good example of that. <laughs> I would not show Bebop to a yeah, would not show this to to a young child. Um, it does have some violence and adult themes. And Faye. And, and yes, and Faye. <laughs> Who would have kickstarted my uh, <laughs> puberty when I would if I would have watched it at eight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so some background on, on the show. Cowboy Bebop was produced by Sunrise, was, was the name of the studio. It was written by Keiko Nobumoto. And, and apologies now, I am probably going to butcher some of the Japanese names. <laughs> well, most assuredly, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was, hey, can, can I ask you a question first before you yeah, talk about that? Yeah. What's cowboy mean? I, I, I'm going to get into that. Are you? Okay, yeah. what's Bebop mean? I will get into that too. Okay, so as long as the listeners know. I'm cool. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to put the pipe to my face while you talk. There you go. So the show was uh, directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Uh, the, the franchise consists of 26 episodes, roughly about 25 minutes each, one feature film, a couple of manga adaptations, which manga are uh, Japanese comic books. Um, and now recently i think it premiered in november um a live action adaptation that aired on netflix we'll, we'll get to that near the end of this the original show premiered in japan on tv tokyo on april 3rd 1998 i tried to tune that in but i had a hard time tuning in tokyo from where i was <laughs> i got that reference <laughs> hey cap <laughs> i hope many of our listeners did too 
Um, it made its debut in the U.S. on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim programming block on September 2nd, 2001. Um, was actually one of the first shows to air on Adult Swim. Uh, it was shown there continuously through 2005, and according to the article on Wikipedia, is still shown at least once a year on Adult Swim. Now, the anime series is also currently available on Netflix. I think it's available on Hulu. I know it was at one point. It's so, at least available, but I don't know if you can watch it uh, like sort of in order, but rather download them as they air. And it may record if you ask it to, or you just have to catch it where it is. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Netflix has both the anime and the live action, um, but they do not have the movie, which uh, it was a feature film. And I don't know if it's on streaming anywhere. It was it is not. You can buy it on Amazon. You can't stream it. Well, I yeah. think you can stream it if you purchase the streaming from Amazon, but you just can't stream it through a service without extra paying. Okay. Um, it, it was titled Cowboy Bebop Knocking on Heaven's Door. Or here in the U.S., it was titled Cowboy Bebop the Movie uh, because there was some copyright issue with the Bob Dylan song Knocking on Heaven's Door. Sure, they'll let fucking Axl Rose sing it, but they won't let an awesome <laughs> anime. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> The film was released on September 1st of 2001 in Japan and premiered in the U.S. Uh, in August of 2002 at AnimeCon. I do not remember. I forgot to look up where that takes place. Um, I'm guessing somewhere in California. Yeah, wherever the tentacles are. Yes. <laughs> yes, wherever the tentacles are. Then, uh, then it got a wider release uh, starting in April 2003 here in the U.S. Now, the movie actually takes place during the context of the series. And if you watch it, it would take place between sessions 22 and 23. In Bebop, they refer to the episodes as sessions. I love that for I, yeah. the reasons you're going to get into. <laughs> yes. Cowboy Bebop has been widely praised since its release. And to this day is considered one of, if not the greatest anime series of all time. I would go with that. Yeah. and I, I mean, I, I know there's people that will argue it. But um, I, it's, it's obviously my favorite. <laughs> um, so, and, and part of the reason I like it is there's only like 26 episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, uh, I love that. And it's also irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the series, uh, the, the anime series is set in the year 2071 and takes place throughout the solar system. Uh, as humanity has colonized several of the planets and moons um, and largely abandoned Earth, which is explained why in the series. It follows a group of bounty hunters, also known as cowboys, who are based on a ship named Bebop after the jazz subgenre. Um, and bounties are commonly referred to as bounty heads. Yeah, so, so as I was watching this, before we get into the, the characters and in, in episodes and sessions and and whatnot mm -hmm. uh, i was looking at this i was watching it because jody's been on me forever and i finally watched it <laughs> i don't know well year year and a half somewhere it's been a while now yeah yeah because we've been talking about doing this episode for a while so <laughs> yeah but thought we'd wait because as soon as i was watching it netflix announced the live action and we're like well okay maybe we'll wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so but I, I was watching it i'm thinking what well, kind of goes with this and goes with this so i looked a few background things up my biggest one Mm -hmm. was wondering how much of an influence it had on Firefly, the Josh Whedon show. Yeah. And uh, according to Whedon, it, it did not because it's more space noir and Firefly is more space, ironically, cowboy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one yeah. is a little more, but but there's some some nice overlap. You know, I mean, Whedon developed his after reading a story about the Battle of Gettysburg and, hmm. but there's, there's overlap. We didn't pitch the show as nine people looking to the blackness of space and seeing nine different things. And this show does a good job of showing the individual characters viewpoints and thoughts. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. And Cowboy Bebop draws heavily from science fiction, Western and war films, mm -hmm. you know, and it's got the focal points of adult existential ennui. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The loneliness and the difficulties of trying to escape one's past. So, Yes. Even if they did not influence each other or what, you know, whichever way, right. they have a lot of similarities. So if you like one, you'll probably like the other. 
Probably, yeah. And then see, I still haven't watched Firefly. Now, and Firefly was just the one season plus the one movie, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so it would be easy for me to get into. Um, is it on streaming? Yes. Uh, can't remember which one. I think Hulu. Okay. Maybe Netflix. I'm pretty sure Hulu. Okay. Because I'm thinking if it's on Netflix, I might have it on my list. I just haven't watched it. Yeah. It's only 13 episodes too. So it's not like so it's, it's a, Yeah. It's even less than this. <laughs> yep. Or, or, an hour, or long, the, or, hour long episode. So about the same. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, about the same. Plus a movie. <laughs> yeah, plus a movie. And otherwise, I mean, I'll, I'll add some things in as Jody goes into his bits. But okay. uh, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Oh, cool. He praised Cowboy Bebop. He thought it was great. I, you know, I think I had something about that, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I've just got things I'll, I'll mention as I can okay. or after Jody talks and <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Okay. Okay. So, so let's, I was going to talk about the characters next. So I, I don't want to say the main character, but kind of the main character, the one that it gets the most episodes is uh, Spike Spiegel. Uh, he is a former member of the Red Dragon Cartel, which is a syndicate or mafia-like organization. And a really good band led by Jakey e. Lee. Yes. Yes, it is. I wonder where Jake got that name. <laughs> That's a good question. You keep talking. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> okay. Um, I, so when the series starts, uh, Spike is, uh, he's partnered with Jet Black, who is a retired cop uh, with the ISSP, which is the inter-solar system police they soon introduce faye valentine who is a con artist with a mysterious past ed also known as radical edward or and i love this edward wong how pepelu tavruski the fourth who is a hacker and finally ein a welsh corgi and a data dog which is barely explained in the series what a data dog is which is like also like a fairy mount oh sorry that's <laughs> corgis from a mythology and on on yeah. earth never, never mind okay yeah um all of the names have a, have a number of letters corresponding to importance in the show i i did not i didn't catch this until i was um i don't remember where i saw this at this may have been in something i, I saw on wikipedia so spike has five letters in the name spike right Faye has four jet has three ed has two ein is german <laughs> for, for one but is also a reference to einstein and as you watch the series you kind of figure out ein is actually the smartest member of the crew and yes ein is a member of the crew he's not a pet he's not a mascot he is actually crew I, even though this is an ensemble um, Spike's story arc takes up the majority of the episodes that delve into the character's past. So there are five episodes that deal specifically with Spike's past. Faye's episodes, she has four episodes that deal with her past. Um, Jet has three, Ed has two, and Ein, Ein really only gets one, but I actually think Ein could have two. Because there's one that shows really shows him off as a data dog, but his past is explained in the episode where he's introduced. Um, one of Ed's episodes actually overlaps with one of Faye's episodes too. So uh, there, there's all that. So uh, two other major characters, although with considerably less screen time, are Vicious, Spike's former best friend and partner in the syndicate, and Julia, Spike's former lover. Maybe Vicious is former lover as well um she is also a former member of the syndicate so other uh, beyond what you've said mm -hmm. i just love how the protagonists are generally lucky so that's that's what you want they're not overpowered supermen clark kent's like in dragon ball z right they're i mean they even kind of have hit points like in D D. just that when we start watching them they're level 12 and, and not level one because they kick ass yeah but they're they're not Pollyannas. They're not Supermen, Clark Kent's. They, it shows their foibles and yeah. they can get hurt and they have to practice, which I, I love. It shows Spike practicing. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's good. Yeah. They, um, they're almost always broke. <laughs> oh, um, almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes they don't get the payout from the bounty. 
<laughs> or or they have to spend the bounty on repairs to things that Spike broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know spike spike um well yeah i try to know somewhere in here about that too i'm not sure where but it actually talks about spike tends to break things as much as the bad guys they're chasing yeah <laughs> um which which is actually addressed in the very first episode so yeah and it's just a recurring theme you know Faye likes to play the ponies or if she's losing on the ponies, she'll she'll go bet at the dog track. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a note somewhere in here too. My notes, but Jody and I were texting as I was watching because he was interested to see what I thought. Yeah, and I made some note and I go, "Never bet against Faye." And he goes, "Right, unless it's the horses." <laughs> <laughs> or he might have even said ponies. I'm not sure where it's at. My notes. <laughs> yeah. So the cast is uh, Spike was voiced in the Japanese version by Koichi Yamadera and was voiced by Steve Bloom in the English dub. And and Bloom had done work before Bebop, but he his career really took off after the English dub of Bebop premiered on, on, on Cartoon Network. He has done a lot of voiceover work, not just dubs for anime series. Uh, I, I know he did uh, several of the X-Men series where he's played Wolverine. Yeah. And yeah, and, and the voice fits Wolverine very well. Oh, he's even got a Guinness World Record for having the most video game voice acting credits. Yeah. Don't yeah. know if it still stands, but at one point he did. Yeah. Jet Black is, uh, he was voiced in the Japanese dub by um, Uncho Ishizuki. And uh, the English dub was by Bo Billingsley. Faye Valentine was uh, in the Japanese dub, was voiced by Megumi Hayashibara. And then the English dub was uh, Wendy Lee. Ed in the Japanese dub is uh, voiced by Aoi. I'm not sure. It's it's A O I uh, Tata. So I, I really am not sure how to pronounce the O I O A A O Y A O I. Sorry. Yeah. O I. Yeah. O I. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, in the English dub, she uh, she was voiced by Melissa Fawn. Ein. Uh, was voiced by in in both the Japanese and English dubs by Koichi Yamadera, who voiced Spike in in the Japanese dub. Vicious is voiced by Norio Wakamoto in the Japanese dub, and in the English by Skip Stelrecht. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. See, I'm even going to screw up the English ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Julia is voiced in the Japanese by Gara Takashima. And in the English by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Now she was the ADR director for the English dub. And what I did find out was that in 2018, she and Steve Bloom got married. Oh, neat. So in a way, Spike and Julia get to have their happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) Because they don't, a little bit of a spoiler, they don't get it in the show. (laughs) (laughs) No. So there are, there are just, obviously this is a space, space noir, one of the easiest ways to say it, uh, series. Uh, so the main ship is the Bebop. It's a repurposed interplanetary fishing vessel. Uh, but there are also three other ships, smaller ones. Uh, Spike has his own individual ship called the Swordfish. Jets is called the Hammerhead. And Phase is called, called the Redtail. So you notice the fishing ship has three smaller ships that are all named after a type of fish or, you know, aquatic life form. Yeah. Which I always thought was really cool. So the episodes, as we mentioned, they're called Sessions. And that is a reference to the whole musical thing that's going on that's that's a, a theme throughout the show. The names of most of the sessions are references to music, either a song title or a style of music, or even a song lyric. And I, I will go ahead and say, personally, I do not have a favorite session. Uh, I do have some that I like more than the others, but I would it'd be really hard for me to say, yes, this is my favorite session out of the whole series. Yeah, probably not even either. But I, I dig the music thing. And something I did not look up, something mm-hmm. I saw my own, I, I came up with on my own, which doesn't mean I came up with it. And I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But the way they use the music, are you going to go into the use of music and I'll hold off? Uh, a, a little bit yeah okay uh then remind me <laughs> <laughs> okay um 
keeping with the sessions. Each session is unique, and there is never any sense that he, any session is repetitive of another. So it's not. It's it's like there's no filler episodes, basically. Uh, and like I was saying, to me, there are no bad sessions. There are no sessions that are dull, or like I just said, act as filler. The overall arc of the series builds up to the family dynamic that starts to grow as each character is introduced, uh, which kind of peaks with the movie between sessions 22 and 23. And then the last four episodes come to a bittersweet end for everyone. Um, some more bitter than others. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I said this was, I, well, I think we both kind of said space noir, but there, there's so so many genres happening within the space of the series it's it's heavily influenced by japanese films and uh the new hollywood movement of the 1970s um and even older films um and and manages to somehow do an homage to practically all of them i mean you've got there's there's a an episode that you could say was black exploitation or or kind of draws from black exploitation movies um there's comedy throughout uh, you got Hong Kong martial arts films, uh, both the more cinematic, maybe not quite as outlandish, but um, kind of like the Shaw Brothers stuff, um, and the more realistic Bruce Lee films. And in fact, Spike in the in the series, Spike Spiegel is a fan of Bruce Lee and practices Lee's Jeet Kune Do martial art. Yeah, I thought I had something on that, but I don't think I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doing a quick, or maybe taking it out. I had more notes and. Joe didn't want to go too deep into any episode, so it could be gone now. Yeah, yeah. I, th- there's there's some episodes where I, they never they never mention Jeet Kune Do, but they mention Bruce's at least one of Bruce's movies. So uh, horror, it, it does touch on horror. The, the toys in the attic episode. It's kind of an homage to uh, Alien. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually got your quote here someplace. Where is it? <laughs> Hold on a second. When we were uh, texting each other. Uh, toys in the attic episode 11 i i deleted whatever i sent you but i kept your thing in and you're like heavily influenced by star beast i mean alien best <laughs> ending ever and that is actually the episode where i said don't gamble against Faye," and you're like yeah she's gonna win unless she's betting on the ponies <laughs> so it's also the episode where i go damn bath bubbles right in the way of Faye's cans <laughs> yeah, yep <laughs> they sure are <laughs> go pet those <laughs> Um, it, it actually draws on other anime series. Um, there, there was a, uh, so, so there's an anime series, um, called Lupin the third, uh, which goes back to a French series of novels about a thief named Lupin, which always cracks me up when we do the Monty Python thing about the Lupins, <laughs> about the Lupins. <laughs> Because that's what I, that's what, that, that's how it's spelled. It's pronounced Lupin, but it's, it's spelled L-U-P-I-N. So, um, is, that the, it, is that the anime that they uh, used for the, so um, uh, Dragon's Lair, the video game that came out in the late 80s or mid 80s, where you actually are Dirk, the knight who goes and kills a dragon. There's another one based off of a anime. It might be. But. Oh, well, that's okay. Never mind. I, yeah, but it was uh, Lupin the Third is about a group of thieves. And uh, I, it, it's hilarious. I love the series. Um, and I think there's a new version of it out. But I, the one I, I saw was from the 70s, and it was freaking hilarious. Um, Aha, Cliffhanger. Yes, released by Stern Electronics 1983, animation from two Lupin anime films, and cool. stuff from Castle of Caligristo and the Mystery of Mamo. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah, those were uh, yeah, because I think those were movies that were were made from the Lupin series. Yeah, I remember shit. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no. I mean, there's there's there, there's parody, there's romance, uh, references to samurai movies, satire, science fiction, obviously, a uh, little bit of sexploitation, space opera, obviously, space western, you know. Um, actual westerns, yakuza, mafia films. I mean, I mean, it it, it touches on so much of this stuff. Ooh, um, ooh, I've got, I've got from things. all of it, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I've got a few things that it crosses over. On one is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for two mm. reasons. Okay, one, and uh, this one won't be a spoiler, but one of the buildings you see 
Uh, in fact, I, let's see. Sorry, I can search, find building. In Cowboy Funk, the building at the beginning is like the Hitchhiker's Guide building with two large towers and a brick connecting them. Bridge connecting them. How did I know that was going to be the episode and the building? <laughs> <laughs> and also, can I give the spoiler as to why about the Earth? Yeah, go ahead. The Earth is devastated because of a hyperspace junction. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I didn't think similar. about that, but yeah. <laughs> yep. My note is damn hyperspace, hyperspace things killing the Earth. <laughs> so, so they use. But, but there's, um, there's more. I've got oh, more. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those are the two hitchhikers. Okay. Uh, if if you like gaming, uh, role playing games, and you like Shadowrun, oh yeah, Ed and Ein do the Decker thing very very well. Yes, in fact, uh, I should have said this when you were talking about Ein earlier. Ein actually finds something and saves uh, Jet from from getting screwed up. Yeah, and Ein, Ein fixes it. Then he lays down. He's like, "All right, I did my job, humans. Fuck off. Go do yours." <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and Waltz for Venus. Mm-hmm. the trio they turn in are Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> yes, they are. I love that. <laughs> from, from, of course, the best character ever, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> uh-huh. Knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, spaghetti westerns, not just westerns, but the whole Clint Eastwood whistle, the doo-doo-doo. I, oh, I yeah. can't whistle, so I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. That was horrible. You... Yes, it was. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming you'll wait and do the musical influences when we talk about music uh yes okay which uh, I've, I've got one more section and then i'll be on music all right but one more here okay go ahead in wild horses uh-huh there's an old space shuttle yes and spike's mechanic his name is Doohan, and uh-huh. i wonder if that's a take on scotty from star trek james Doohan. oh i guarantee you it is yes and i love the whole blue Sox team fan yeah because that can be an actual blue Sox is I mean, there's the Red Sox, White Sox, the old Black Sox scandal. Yeah. But the Blue Sox is a combination of the Blues and baseball. <laughs> yeah, yes. And and I always I always associate it with the Cubs. Because, yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because their their primary color is blue. Yep. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's tough being a Blue Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, it is. And in that same episode, the bad guy is George Human Ruth, which is the name of Babe Ruth from baseball, because it's a baseball-centric fucking episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, oh, that that episode when I um I think when I when I started, no, I actually I had I had that uh I, I started getting the DVDs, I think, before the Challenger. No, Columbia, before uh Columbia had its disaster. And I thought it was really cool that it was the it was the shuttle Columbia in that episode, and then they had the shuttle, you know, then the Columbia blew up on reentry, and it was like, oh fuck, yeah. It, it actually kind of hurts to watch that episode now because I'm like, man, that just ah, uh. you had to let that go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, another crossover, uh-huh. which actually goes in with one of our old episodes, is Peru La Fu. Yes. Let's see. So based on a 65 French film of the same name and Jody mentioned musical themes with the session names and everything. Mm-hmm. But this one, the main character is given this title and Perot means sad clown is a stock character in pantomimes, uh-huh. which we have mentioned in a couple of episodes. And it's got great creepy carnival music that we have mentioned in a couple of episodes. Yes, it does. And there's a crossover with the Blues Brothers. Yes, there is. Yeah. Boogie Woogie Feng Shui with the bad guys being Jake and Elwood. Yep. And my note for the, for the, for our episode was we're on a mission from God. I mean, the syndicate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. And uh, the, the cowboy funk episode that I'd mentioned already Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, the, uh, one of the other, a good guy. Yeah. uh, Says, call me Musashi. Yes. You can remember from our Iron Maiden Sun and Steel episode. Yep. Yep. And there's a connection between that antagonist in that session and Gustav Metzger from the 60s Watershed Moment episode on destructive art with capitalism. Yes, there is. Teddy Woo! Bomber. Yep, Teddy Bomber. <laughs> and uh, and they, they even get into fucking Karl Marx. Television is the new religion. 
which is similar to his television as the opiate of the masses. Yeah. Yeah. There's a shit ton. I mean, I took out a lot of notes. Those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, Japanese love baseball, the whole baseball thing, all the things Jody mentioned, but damn, they cover a lot of overlapping cultural things in Japanese culture and American culture. Yes. They, they intentionally did not focus on any one culture because, um, I, you know, like, like I said, humanity has colonized the solar system or at least as far out as like Jupiter and Saturn. So it didn't happen orderly. (laughs) (laughs) So when you get these colonies start to form, you start to get a mishmash of different cultures from earth in the same spot. And, you know, so uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't want to focus on just any one type of culture in any one place at any one time. It's, it's, all just kind of thrown together um and and beautifully so <laughs> in, in, oh, in its, yeah. in it's, its kind chaos like, kind of like uh, uh harrison ford decker um holy blade crap Runner. blade runner i had the oh yeah name. yeah see there's, there's, there's android's dream of electric sheep i couldn't remember the fucking <laughs> yeah there's, there's i mean there's there's some blade runner references i think well yeah there's a bounty named decker in one of the episodes oh there is yeah didn't think about that there's no androids but <laughs> no they're electric sheep no just kidding <laughs> there might be <laughs> could be yeah uh so the the mood of the series so there's this website uh tvtropes.org i know james knows it i know that one <laughs> yeah um they they say uh cowboy bebop is an example of mood whiplash it's both sub- <laughs> it, it is both subverted and played straight for effect I'm quoting directly from the from the website on this part of what makes the series work so well is its control over mood and tone shifting easily between hot-blooded action and heart-rending sorrow to goofy comedy with remarkable grace often many times over the course of a single episode oh indeed yeah um oh do you have something well I was just gonna say that having watched it I feel bad for not having watched it sooner when you told me to but then again (laughs) Or even for hitchhikers. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I'm glad that you you told me you wanted to do an episode. That kind of forced me to have to watch it. So I'm on the first episode going, all right, I'll fucking watch it. I, as so, Anime is so hit and miss with me. Like, I don't even usually try. So what the fuck? We'll give it a shot. Oh, my God. This is one of the best motherfucking things ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to admit, when I first started seeing it on Cartoon Network, I didn't, I didn't care for it. But um, I think what really... I, I think there were some episodes um, that I caught parts of the, near the end of the series. Um, I, 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 probably the hard luck women episode. Is it hard luck women or hard luck woman? Um, any, anyway, it's a, it's a reference to the Kiss song. Um, the, it's, it's the last one that goes into Phase Past. And it's one of the two episodes that goes into Ed's. And which is why I think it's hard luck women because I... I, I I, I did say it earlier. I didn't specifically say Ed is a little girl that's a hacker, um, probably around 10 years old. Um, Which makes her very non, like a, asexual. And you're assuming Ed and the way she acts, you think it's a spastic little boy, but yeah. Oops, no, it's a little girl. It's a spastic <laughs> little girl. Yeah. Um, I, there was something when I, when I saw, especially what Faye goes through near the end of the episode. Uh, well, she meets she meets somebody from her past, and I, I was like, "Wow, there's there's a lot of emotion in this," you know. And that I think that kind of drew me in. But I, I started paying a little bit more attention to the music too, and uh, uh, so that was what I wanted to go into next. <laughs> so, so before you do, yeah, I think it was actually uh, Adult Swim's commercials for it that turned me off the way they presented it yeah it made it look stupid to me i could see that probably why i didn't give it a shot and they're probably trying to appeal to american adult swim audiences which i love stupid shit like rick and morty's hilarious i i'm into it but if you're going to present it as stupid i won't like it if you present it as stimulating and it ends up being stupid and stimulating i'm all in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i could totally see that you know And, and like i said i it, it took me a while to warm up to it, but once I warmed up to it, man, I just, I fell in love with it. 
and yeah, and, so yeah and, and a big reason why I fell in love with it was the music. Yeah. Um, and uh, I well, yeah, yeah, that's even in my notes. The music was what won me over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so with only a couple of exceptions on the music, uh, there's a classical piece, uh, Ave Maria by uh, uh, Franz uh, Schubert. Uh, shit. Is that how you Damn pronounce it? it? Schubert, whatever. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mispronounce it. <laughs> yeah, the Schubert is closer. I think it's damn, damn close. Yeah. Hell, maybe that is it. <laughs> uh, uh, and and uh, the Blue Danube by Johann Strauss, uh, which, which is used in at the end of the Toys in the Attic episode <laughs> to great effect. <laughs> um, uh, with, with those two exceptions, uh, the music for the series was composed by, and I am going to be very specific about this name, Yoko Kano, not Yoko Ono. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and uh, the music is performed by a band called Seatbelts, which was formed specifically to do the music for the series. It's mostly jazz, but also blues some pop uh but su surprisingly not j-pop or not much j-pop um which is japanese pop music uh which most anime series tend to use but it also goes into rock funk heavy metal uh various other styles i mean there there's arabic stuff in there uh, there's uh, i mean it's just this wide range of music yeah it's mostly jazz and blues but yeah um, it's, it's good. and by the way schubert it's actually just schubert oh okay oh, that's well, why it's confusing me yeah okay um now most of the music has been released on soundtrack albums which you can get on amazon i i have looked um i i have most of them i took me a while to get them i i think i have everything that's been released at least as far as full albums i think the hardest one for me to find was for the movie soundtrack but um i even managed to get my hands on a box set that was it, it was imported um actually well actually i think everything was pretty much an import but the, the box sets i think even that may be even harder to find than the movie soundtrack was the music is extremely important it doesn't just help to set the mood, mood or tone of a scene it almost becomes a character in and of itself and it almost defines the series. Here's where my, my note would go well, but I can wait a second. Um, no, go ahead. All right. So my notes on the music were great blues, great jazz, because I could have gotten so further down. I'm like, no, Jody's going to have a shitload. <laughs> so um, what, well, what, I, what I noticed was, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I've seen it once. Yeah. Blues tends to dominate during emotional scenes. Mm -hmm. Jazz during fights. Mm -hmm. but slow jazz during potential love and loss yeah yeah you're you're pretty much right on that Woohoo! yeah um and the heavy metal queen that actually has more heavy metal yeah the the intro metal song is only decent for metal but it's still better than 90 percent of music on tv shows <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it's uh i mean it's not my favorite metal song but it's it's cool but you know <laughs> oh uh, real quick uh sort of tangentially from the music in that episode also Faye mentioned something about dragon tattoos uh-huh um, Faye I have a couple of dragon tattoos <laughs> you, you want to see them <laughs> uh, okay yeah <laughs> sorry back to you <laughs> yes so according to Mr. Watanabe and Miss Kano Miss um, Kano actually served as the inspiration for the character of Ed <laughs> um uh, what uh, what Miss Kano would do is she would write music for a scene, uh, but would then bring in music that didn't go anywhere, which would inspire new scenes, which would inspire new music, and so <laughs> on and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually that is all I have on the music, but outside of saying that the music is really used to great effect throughout the series. I, I do remember Miss Kano saying when she would you know kind of see a finished episode she would she'd be like well that's not where i intended for that piece of music to go but it actually worked <laughs> see it's great when you get collaboration like that yeah so um yeah it, it, it the, the, the like i said the music is 
just as important as everything else to what's going on. And, and it, it just, it, it plays such a big part of everything. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's the, the, the show's title references music, the, the, they, they call them sessions instead of episodes. Each one's, you know, a, a reference to, you know, it's, it's just, it's all over the place. So I, did you have anything else on the music? Nope, not on the music. Okay. Uh, so some of the themes that they, they deal with in the show, uh, loneliness, uh, loss, life, death, reality versus dreams, uh, family, love, idealism versus cynicism. Uh, you mentioned the uh, uh, inability to escape one's past, kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, Something ex- like that. Yeah. Existentialism. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I, I do have the existentialist on we like <laughs> yeah all right so you mentioned uh george herman and ruth <laughs> i did and huey dewey and louie okay so I, I did i was going to make a reference to them um uh there are some other okay so th- those characters were just in you know, like george herman and ruth were just in that episode wild horses uh huey dewey and louie were were in the uh waltz for venus episode but there are some other recurring characters throughout the series. They, they show up uh, multiple times besides Vicious and, and Julia. Well, well, actually, Julia only, she's only in two episodes. So, yeah, um, referenced more or yeah. maybe like little screenshots, snapshots of the past. Uh, flashbacks. Yeah. 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 But there are some other uh, characters, the, the three old men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually took those out of my notes, but they're the best. Yeah. Um, they are Antonio, Carlos, and uh, actually, I don't know how to pronounce the last one. So, uh, I, it's, it's spelled Jobim, so it's J-O-B-I-M. I, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I, I don't know if the J is pronounced as a J or if it's a oh, Y. Oh, like, yeah, Spanish. Yeah, Jobim. Um, because that is actually the name Antonio, Carlos. I, I, I think it is Jobim because I think I've heard the full name before. So it's, it's Antonio Carlos Jobim, if I'm mispronouncing the last name, that's on me. Um, he was a jazz musician, and he's the guy who wrote the song Girl from Ipanema. Oh, neat. Yeah, so, so they, they named those, the three old men who are always together after him. The, uh, the co-hosts of the show Big Shot, which is the show within the show that gives bounty hunters information on bounties, are <laughs> Punch and Judy. <laughs> which we talked about. Yeah. Uh, although they're dressed up as as cowboys or cowboy and a cowgirl and he's uh so so she's playing the role of a ditzy blonde and when you actually see her out of character in her last appearance you realize she's not as ditzy as she was acting and he speaks with a uh i'm not sure what the accent is he i always with, took to be indian like not native american but indian but i don't know i yeah i'm not sure but it was um he speaks with an accent but again, when you see him out of the punch character in another, you know, in, in his normal self, he doesn't have that accent. And it, it's real funny because Faye sees him and she's like, he looks familiar, but she doesn't really clue in who he is. And then uh, and you mentioned Indian, both Native American and from India, um, laughing bull, or uh, as Spike calls him, old man bull. He is Native American or uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> descended from Native Americans because I don't know yeah. what he would. I mean, because he's not he's not on he's not on Earth anymore, and I honestly wouldn't know where the character was supposed to have been born. He's old enough though; he could have been from Earth, I would think, because the series takes place in 2071, and I would say he's at least 70. <laughs> and they didn't start colonizing until after 2001. So, you know, anyway. Um. Yeah, that's actually pretty much what I've got on uh, on the anime. Give me one second. I yeah. thought I had something specific on one or two of those things you said, but maybe not. Um, well, actually, I take that back. That is not all I have on the anime. Um, I was going to talk about the live action series and then talk about, I, I do want to talk some about the ending of the anime series. Okay, well, that's not what I, I, was, I was just going to mention. I love the world building that it hints to so many things without doing that stupid, horrible voiceover crap that so many things do that screw it up. Right. Uh, let's see. No, 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 not there. Not there. Um, no, not there. Not there. Oh, uh, 
Okay, so in, in reference to the music, mm-hmm. hey, they have so many musical references, but the cigarettes. Oh yeah, are a tribute to Dizzy Gillespie because yes. of his bent horn trumpet. Yes, yes, and Spike frequently, um, before he can light a cigarette, winds up with it being bent or something or other. And I have three quotes I would like to give. Okay, go ahead. Uh, one is an actual quote I've used myself when people I'm with are trying to find something to eat because they're trying to decide what tastes good. Uh-huh. Hunger is the best spice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And maybe that's a saying before the show, but that's the first time I heard it and I loved it. Yes. Uh, next quote, Jet Black. I started wailing the blues on the day I was born when the daughter whacked my bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but the best quote is by Faye. Men are such idiots. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm not arguing with her. <laughs> but uh, I, it's all I have except for a few things on, um, yeah, the Netflix. Okay. Now, um, okay, so, so going on to the Netflix series, have, have you watched it yet? I have watched two episodes. Okay. And I will watch all of it. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think I did have a note in here about there are, even in the anime, there are occasional spots that seem slow, like they sort of bog down a little bit. Okay. And the Netflix series, I think, is is even a little worse on a few spots, so I don't think I'll binge it, but I will finish it. I like, I've loved these two episodes. Okay. I will, uh, I will address that, actually. <laughs> I, I will go through my notes and then I will address what you said. <laughs> I've, I've got literally like three or four sentences. So I'll just jump in with those when they are pertinent to what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, the, so the live action Netflix series premiered uh, November 19th, 2021 written by, uh, so I think the series was written by Christopher Yost, 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 I think with uh, Shinichiro Watanabe serving as creative consultant and Yoko Kano and seatbelts returning to do the music. Uh, while Miss Kano did write new music for the series, some of the music consisted of new recordings of songs from the anime. I do have uh, the soundtrack for the live action series. It's available on Amazon as digital. I, I have not seen that it's been released in a physical format yet. Um, would love to have it in a physical format to go with the rest of them, but if well, not, that's fine. The best if they could put it on vinyl, then it matches up with the actual series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while the cast was largely praised, uh, the other aspects of the show received mixed reviews, which apparently the the aggregate reviews, the percentages did not meet with Netflix threshold. So it was not renewed. It was canceled on December 9th, 2021. So you're just going to get the one season. Yeah. Another reason I'm not going to stress about binge watching because you told yeah. me there's a cliffhanger. Yeah, it does. It ends on a cliffhanger. And I'm going to run through the cast real quick. Uh, Spike is played by John Cho, who you may or may not remember from uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And the Star Trek reboot. <laughs> and the Star Trek reboot. Yeah, he plays Sulu in that. Jet is played by Mustafa Shakir, who is in season two of uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. He plays the character Bushmaster. Um, and I, I liked him in that role. So when they said he was, because I thought, hey, this is a really good actor. And uh, so when they said he was going to be playing Jet, I was like, cool. You know, I, I totally saw him in that role. Uh, Faye is played by Daniela Pineda. Ed, who sadly only appears at the very end of the very last episode, is played by Eden Perkins. And this is like her very first role. So I actually kind of feel bad for her that she didn't really have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I do not know what the dog's name is that played Ayn. And I, I actually, this is kind of one thing that I did not, or was a little disappointed in, in the live action was they didn't use Ayn as much as I hoped they would. Vicious was played by Alex. Hassel. It's a Ch- Charlie and Harry, by the way. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you found two, it. Two, I couldn't. You have two corgis who play Data Dog Ayn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So I said Vicious is uh, Alex Hassel. Julia is played by Elena Satine. And uh, Caliban. Uh, is played by John Noble, who has done a number of things, including uh, the Lord tomato of the Rings. Killer. Yeah, Tomato Killer. <laughs> uh, Denethor the Steward in the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yes. Tomato Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Why would such songs be unfit for my halls, little master? 
crunch, spew. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, okay. So what you were saying um, about uh, a little bit in the anime series, but um, a little bit of the, the pacing being kind of dragging in some spots. Yeah, pacing. Um, yeah. So that 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 was something I definitely noticed when I watched the live action. It it was one of the complaints that I did see in some of the reviews. So that and and I think part of the problem was they took episodes that originally ran for 25 minutes and tried to stretch them out for an hour. I wondered that myself. Yeah. Now they 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 weren't just going through and remaking each episode by episode, you know, it's so, but they're, they, they mix and match. So, uh, but I like the way they did it. It's, the way I was thinking of it is it's a remix. I mean, if you want to keep with the music theme, it's a remix. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that idea. So um, let's see, what was the other thing you said? <laughs> uh, I, I think that may have been the only main thing i mentioned because i only had a couple other notes but i haven't mentioned them yet okay i liked it i for the most part i liked the series um i was a little disappointed with the episode they did with uh pierre lufo yeah i'm looking forward to that one um i i liked it but he i'll go ahead and warn you he doesn't come across as creepy as he does in the anime but it's gonna be really hard to live up to you know I, this, a concern people had with them even trying to make this live action was getting Spike right, because, uh, you know, I mean, if you don't get Spike right, the whole thing falls apart. And that was, I mean, because there, there was talk of doing a movie, a live action movie, and Keanu Reeves was interested in it, and he was going to play Spike. And Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that was pretty much the reaction from the fan base is... Well. I don't. Yeah. Know, I mean, Spike doesn't come across as completely Asian, Japanese. No, and because, like you said earlier, it's by this time all the cultures have just gone out into our solar system, and yeah, even more intermingled than they are now. Yeah. Well, and think about it. Spike's last name is Spiegel. That's Jewish. Well, I was thinking German, but Jewish, German. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, German Jew. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. So yeah, I mean, I'll give the, a little bit of this away. When you do find out about Faye's past, you find out she's from Singapore. Oh, neat. Yeah. So you know, that's I, I mean, that's the thing there. It's it's so, but okay. So yes, that that was kind of a complaint of that, that some people had is oh well, Spike should be Asian, and I'm like, where are you getting the Spike should be Asian? <laughs> I don't. I didn't get that at all from the series. I mean, there I, was. Yeah, I didn't either. In fact, he looks more white to me than he does Asian with his characteristics. Yeah. Um, there were some people that complained about Mustafa Shakir being cast as Jet because, well, Jet's not black. He's not African-American. I'm like, you sure about that? Huh. You know, and the, I always kind of thought he was. I did. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he may not have had the darkest of skin, but I always, it's between kinda, his name and his characteristics and his facial features, like, I thought he had African ancestry. Yeah, he's, he's um, his skin tone in the and the anime is kind of grayish, you know, I, I always thought, but yeah, it's, it kind of, you know, he always, he, 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 to me, he always kind of came across that way. So I was like, well, <laughs> what do you mean? He's not, black? <laughs> huh. you know, I, know, I mean, yeah, in the anime, it's, it's not, I guess he's got lighter skin, but I don't yeah. know. But, but yeah, that, that's how he comes across. I mean, I in in my head when they when they cast Mustafa Shakir it was like oh yeah that, he's gonna be good in that role you know the fucking show's about jazz and blues and having a black guy in there is not really out of the room <laughs> exactly <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh yeah um but I you know check out the live action series um I I it's to me no it's not as good as the anime but it, it's enjoyable. I, I, I really did like it. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was happy with it. Um, I, I, one other disappointment that I did have with it though, was I didn't think they used the music as effectively as they could have. They do use it. And it's, it's very obvious. It's by the same composer. I mean, it's, it is great. Um, I, I, I've listened to the soundtrack from the live action series several times. And it, I, I, I like, I like it as much as I like the, from the anime series um 
but uh, I, I just, I, and I'm going to put that on the producers. I just don't think they use the music as effectively as they could have, but they, they still use it fairly well. Yeah. Uh, Would you want my thoughts? Sure. Yeah. Because it goes into that. Yeah. But because of the pacing, I think it's harder to do the music because music is pace. That could be, yeah. Tempo and beat and everything. And, and the anime does a great job of getting everything synced up really well. Mm-hmm. But my issue is not just the pacing. I understand you know, that does hurt it some, but I find it extremely difficult to change anime into live action or live action into anime when the original is just so damn good. Yeah. And, and that, I, that is the other thing, the, the live action, I, it, it's, it's going to be really hard to complete complete it's going to be really hard to compete with this with the original series because the original series is held in such high regard it is and, and you can do things in anime like so when i get to the uh pantomime yeah session and everything it's it's not going to be as good because you can do facial expressions in anime yes that live action people just cannot do yeah and i think that's part of the reason like i said he doesn't come across as creepy in the live action as he does in the anime uh, he still comes across as creepy, but I didn't, um, I didn't get those chills, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I, I will be fully honest with this. This show hits me in the feels. I mean, sometimes it is hard for me to actually finish an episode because I'm like, damn, this is kind of tearing me up with what's going on here. <laughs> um, but, but it's cathartic that way. You know, I guess that's another thing that we can throw in there. The show is cathartic in some ways because, you know, it, it can kind of help you get some of that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting getting a little emotional just talking about it this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need some whiskey. <laughs> I got water. That's what whiskey mostly is. <laughs> That's true. It's water of life. <laughs> yeah, but but I thought I thought the casting was excellent. Yeah, I mean, as far as getting anybody, it's going to be tough. You, yeah. you want to hear a funny part? Sure. And that's uh, Faye, Faye's casting. Yeah. So they, that, like you said, it was uh, Daniela Pinata. Yeah. Uh, Pineda. Pineda. Yeah. Pineda. Yeah. Pineda. Uh, there may not be a yeah in there. <laughs> there there's, there's not. Sorry. Yes. Bouncing back between two tabs I've opened because I wanted to make sure I got the stupid part right. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's going to be fucking awesome because I was confusing her with Daniela Bobadilla, who was Charlie Sheen's daughter in Anger Management, his TV show. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'll kick it. But then I watched it and I think uh, Daniela does the the, uh, Pineda does a wonderful kick ass job. Oh, yeah. She's, I I love her as Faye. I, you know, that's that's what I said. I I agree with the, with this thing of that they got the cast right, (laughs) that the cast is being praised because I thought the, I thought they got the cast right. And, you know, I don't care what anybody wants to say about clothing. Mm hmm. I'm glad to see her clothes changed because seriously, the original Faye. Yeah. I mean, she's hot. She's God, you know, but that, that whatever. Yeah. But you cannot fight with your boobs flopping all over the fucking place. Like Faye's would be. No, it's like a chain link bikini armor that boys have little hard ons for when they see red Sonia. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Sure. For sexual gratification. Faye's outfit and Red Sonia's outfit are awesome. They're not made for fighting. <laughs> no, um, I, I did. I, I did see a reference that, that Faye is largely fan service in in the uh, anime. Her oh, outfit man. is largely yeah. Because <laughs> even Faye in the the Faye's character is awesome, but her oh, outfit yeah. has to be because geez, I, even cosplay girls when they wear Faye's outfit, they don't have the shorts hiked up to such a degree. <laughs> They're, no, they they're don't. still. I mean, God, even those girls are fantastically hot and gorgeous and look kick-ass and buxom and everything. But even typically, their shorts are normal fucking lycra shorts that are body hugging, but they're not yanked up. <laughs> <laughs> create a reverse wedgie, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Faye's hot. Like the whole bubble thing I mentioned earlier. Oh yeah. It, it pissed me off that bubbles got in the way because she's hot, mm-hmm. but. When she's out of the tub, she could put on some normal clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally she does, but it's situation specific. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad they changed her, her clothes. And it's fine that the, the real, the live action actor is not as, I mean, seriously, 
double D's, triple D's bouncing around and fighting. Yeah. Just <laughs> now she, uh, Daniela Pineda has, has said that they, they did try to get the costume closer to the original. And but they 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 realized very quickly this ain't gonna work. <laughs> no, no, they they give her a yellow shirt as sort of a <laughs> yeah, and she wears shorts, but they're not as short, you know. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actual practical fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, although I will say, because you mentioned Faye's other outfits, she does at one point have on like a really classy night like a, a dressy gown thing. Yeah. Not, not dissimilar to uh, Vesper Lens and Casino Royale with James Bond that we'll talk about in a few episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> that know, is possibly accurate. <laughs> that may actually be where that came from. Huh, interesting. I don't know. Well, uh, which Casino Royale? Oh, the, the good movie with Daniel oh, the, Craig. The, not... the, the Daniel Craig one. Okay. Yeah, so so which, which would have been, yeah, that yeah. would have been way after Bebop came out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, any, that's, any. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so that's all I have on the, uh, the live action, but I did want to talk about the ending of the anime series. Okay. There's going to be some spoilers here. Well, the ending not one year old. It's <laughs> yeah. several. <laughs> yeah. The ending is intentionally ambiguous. Director Watanabe wanted to leave it to the viewer to decide what happened. So here's the spoiler. What you see is Spike, after a final confrontation with Vicious, collapses. Is he dead? Or does he just pass out? So there there are some images and visual clues that point toward the former, that he dies. But Watanabe himself has said that he leans toward the latter, that he just passed out. Either way, it's never resolved and probably never will be. Watanabe has said he did not want to get stuck at doing something like Star Trek with its many iterations. But when asked later if there were any plans to do more Bebop stories, he left that option open. Personally, I like that the story ends and that it ends ambiguously. Because regardless of whether or not Spike lives, there is a sense of finality to the story. And I think that to try and either answer the question of Spike's fate or do a sequel would lessen the impact of the ending and drain it of the emotional weight that it brings. I agree with that. I now lean towards him living, but I'm good with it being ambiguous. Yeah. I, I also lean towards him living, but it's, (laughs) it's left up in the air. (laughs) And that's fine. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Um, So and I mentioned these images and visual cues. They are actually foreshadowed in earlier episodes, sessions. So yeah, yeah that's that, that's why people say, "Oh, but this this happened in this other episode, and and then it happened there, and that must be you know." So, well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you know, I do have to say that part of the reason I lean towards Spike Living is because that's what the director says he leans towards. So, I did not know that. Well. You told me after I watched it, but I lean yeah. towards that because I, I, even I, I try to come off as a curmudgeon. I'm actually more optimistic than I am pessimistic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that, that might have something to do with my feelings on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> we do like the good guys to win. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's uh, that's all I've got. Oh, I, I have two small things that you can put in okay. the outtakes because one is Flintstones were definitely a primetime slot and okay. Jakey Lee's band Red Dragon Cartel just comes from his Japanese ancestry. Okay. That's all it says. Okay, cool. Yeah, things I found as we were <laughs> yeah. for everything. Sure. So yep, um, move it back or take it out, whatever. I'm good. No, I'm just, I can just leave them where they're at. <laughs> easier yeah yeah, that's what i thought (laughs) one last thing i gotta edit (laughs) Uh, oh well i mean if that's uh, that's all i got if that's all that you got then uh yeah that's all i got all right well then uh that's it for our cowboy bebop episode uh hope you enjoyed it i'm i'm yeah (laughs) i mean i i mean wait never mind (laughs) i'm gonna stick with ein (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i I enjoyed it 
Thank you. Yeah. My good sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, I meant the listeners, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hope we, we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> hope you enjoyed enough to share it and rate us and review yes. us. And All that things. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah we didn't we didn't talk a whole lot about the the movie just that it exists but uh um yeah you should try to check that out too uh and check all the check all these out check out the the the, the anime series the live action series and the movie so yes i agree but would recommend do netflix first because i think you'll like the anime better and it's better to end with the good stuff yeah i was that's how sex works you know orgasms come at the end there that's the best part of it <laughs> yes anyway yeah <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note i'm, I'm cowboy james <laughs> i guess that makes me cowboy jody <laughs> and we'll be bop at you later <laughs> see you space cowboy the macabre manor is brought to you by the twin terrors all rights reserved stay tuned for some fun outtakes <laughs> genius <laughs> Oh, so, so there, I did have a rant about uh, watching either the, the anime or the live action on, on uh, Netflix. You know how Netflix wants to skip the intro and the uh, end credits? <laughs> oh, yeah. That pisses me off. <laughs> like, no, I want to listen to the music, you bastards. I know that it actually gave, it comes up. Skip intro? No. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the intro to the live action was kick ass in conjunction oh, yeah. with the anime. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job. Boobs in the face. I do need that. Yes, that would be nice. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. And the other half is violence. So. <laughs> no, you bastards. I do not want to sign up for HelloFresh, but thank you for texting me.